from Los Angeles, California. This is The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. This is a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. This podcast contains strong language and is intended for mature audiences. It is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy. acting as alarm systems, garbage disposals, rodent control, and hunting companions, the pet-person relationship is often a familial bond, with benefits including improvement of health and longevity for both people and animals. Sure, animals might be dirty, tracking mud into our homes, but studies also show that babies raised in households with pets develop less allergies and stronger immune systems than those who are not. Therapeutically, animals are used to promote empathy and responsibility in children and adolescents, including those on the autistic spectrum. In part two of this episode, we continue our conversation about the animal-human connection with Douglas Green, a marriage and family therapist here in Los Angeles who has written a book about his own special relationship with a pet titled The Teachings of Shirelle, Life Lessons from a Divine Knucklehead. Let's do this. So the other moral of that story is that I had her harnessed in the back seat with one of these things that sort of adds to the seat belt and then ties around her. And it's nice that I'm acting it out, showing it. I'm sure your, your <laughs> yeah. listeners are really appreciative that I'm He's strapping de- it on demonst- people. demonstrating. <laughs> when that sounds very, very I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. But it's about talking time. About I'm, 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 I'm really, it's, it, we've been talking a long time without something really filthy coming Clarification. in here. So <laughs> a dog but, harness. <laughs> but I can say if that harness had not been on her, she oh, would have yeah. been thrown through the window and killed. And how many people don't have one? How many people don't go to that extra Jenny level. might have the statistic uh, there. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's actually not one of the statistics yeah. that, that I, I have. But, but just think, yeah, would you put your kid in the back seat without a seatbelt? Right, exactly. On a freeway. Then yeah, why, I do a lot do of the, your dog? The, the soccer mom thing with my dog. Yeah. I've had to break her of the habit because she's only 12 pounds of wanting to get in my lap. That's oh, know, the, very dangerous. Always. Very, very dangerous. Or, or at least crawl between the yeah. seats and sit yeah. on the console. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's... Yeah. it's it's very sweet. And it's it very is. Sweet. And now I'm thinking about we had a beautiful dog named Wesley who was a cocker spaniel who would just love to get fresh air. Like he was just like, you know, just to put his head outside the window. But we'd have some dogs who did not prefer to do that. So it's interesting behavior in the car, too. No, they'd never had harnesses, mm-hmm. but what each of them decide to do and like where they go to sleep and you know where you want them to go and where they won't go and just behavior is fascinating you know it's so interesting and it's so personal and i think a lot of times you project onto animals motivations you know it's like well that dog's an asshole you know or that or you're purposely (laughs) doing this to me and there's a degree to which i sometimes think like no she does know i because i know how attuned and empathic animals can be it's sort of like you know i'm in a hurry you know you know come on i don't want to play the chase you around to put your harness on like get over here i have a wonderful story with that (laughs) one of my favorite moments which of course i have a thousand but I had been uh, making a feature film. I, I directed one feature film, which meant that for those weeks, I really wasn't around for her at all, except the one day she was in the movie. And so I would come home for my six hours of sleep, and she would have adapted to playing outside. So she'd still be playing outside, even though I was home, and then we'd go and we'd sleep. 
but that was it. And we finished filming the movie, and I had, of course, you know, three weeks of mail and paperwork and tons of work for the movie and stuff. And I finally had a day off, and so I'm sitting at home with the radio on doing this work, all this paperwork. And she was not impressed. <laughs> and, and at that time, I had this nice white couch, and the only rule in the house was that she could not climb on the white couch. Uh-oh. And she could get on the bed. That was fine, but not on the white couch. I'm sitting there working, and she's staring at me. And then, once she's got me to look up and catch her eye... She keeps staring at me and walks and climbs on the white couch and lies on it in a very royal, uh, entitled way. And are you going to pay attention to me now? And I blew up, pulled up the couch and took her outside and played with her. And it was like, she was right. I was wrong. And it was wonderful. But... Did she know what she was doing? 100%. Oh, yeah. Defiantly. Absolutely. What do you think about this? Brilliant. Absolutely. <laughs> what are you going to do if thing I do, do this? Yeah. It was just great. It's like kids. Kids will do that too with their parents. Like, oh, you yeah. don't want me to touch this? Well, what if I touch it now? How about yeah. this? I'm what, what if I put my finger this close? Yeah, to yeah. The socket. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This could be useful. Thinking about the projections, I, I had this conversation with my husband one day, real quick, where. Sookie was looking at me with some attitude, and I said, oh, man, sometimes it's just, she's just looking at me, and I just know she's just, like, judging me, just, like, what the hell? And he goes, really? Because every time I look at her, I just think the looks, that same look is just, like, full of love and acceptance, and God, you're the greatest. And so I was interesting. like, really? Because I see it as she's just looking at me like, what the hell are you doing now? And then I just stopped, and I said, you know, I think we really just described the difference between the way my husband's mother looked at him and the way my mm-hmm. mother looked at me, we were both projecting onto how the dog looked at us. And, and and then I was like, I like your way better. So, you know, that's, it was a shift for me. Like, how much of that is me too? And where am I at? And what am I feeling right now? What And am I, am I feeling extra sensitive about something? Like mm-hmm. insecure or, you know, maybe a client session didn't go well or maybe I'm regretful of that thing that I said or didn't say or... You know, what am I bringing into this that I'm now putting onto the animal and asking them to, And you I'm know. thinking when Doug was dating or did, you know, when Sherelle was around, like also jealousy. Yeah. You know, dogs get jealous. That. Oh, yeah. And we can, you know, be very protective or the person coming into our relationships. Right. So, I, she, did you she notice was, anything? She was never jealous of people. She uh, was very happy. Anybody who walked into the house was somebody else to she's, she's ju- appreciative. Play, play with and jump jump on and all that. Just, was she a chick magnet? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Or I'd say women and men were drawn to her because she was beautiful and playful and funny. But as far as anybody thinking, oh, I love your dog. I'd like to get to know you better. No. <laughs> no. And that sounds like she also was like male-female energy. She, a mix it, of it, both. This is, it, it's interesting, when, and you had asked me about this before, Jenny, she had a lot of masculine energy about her. She lifted her leg to pee. Yeah, and um, does that now, too. Okay. And while she was certainly... She had the, the female dog quality of being very, very protective of the house and all that, which yeah, I hadn't the, known before the I met her, that they're, they're more protector than males are. But otherwise, you wouldn't put so-called feminine qualities onto her 
I would tell people she had more testosterone than the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. And it makes sense that both male and female energy would be drawn to that, you know? Because I, I mean, just yeah. looking at her picture, but also you just get a sense of that, that it was, you know, male and female. Well, I'm talking energy. about gender issues and we think of it, you know, as humans, we're, we are pattern seekers, we're storytellers, and that's how we navigate the world and how we learn not to stick our hand in the fire, right? You <laughs> learn from these things, right? Because of our big brains. And gender is this concept. And it's uh, thinking about it now in terms of how, what a big part of the conversation, you know, the social, cultural conversation that's going on. I was thinking about that with Suki and, and reading your book. Animals aren't, they're, they're aware of their instinct. They're not aware of their gender. And there's one dog at the park uh, who is a female dog, but is always humping this other female dog. It's like mm -hmm. a domination it's, thing. It's a domination thing. It's a domination yeah. thing. But I mean, it is like she, she's going at it like it's her job. And it's like, but no there, dog has ever tried to mount Sookie. Like, has, Sookie has, Sookie been, just, has Sookie been fixed? Yeah, but she's, oh, yeah. she's very gender neutral. Like, though, she, you look <laughs> yeah. at her and she doesn't, she, she like, like Sherelle, she doesn't look one way or the other. People usually think because she's wire haired kind of that she's a boy and also mm. because my husband will never put her in any sort of gender identifying kind of thing if and i'm sure that if we had had kids the rooms would have been yellow and green and orange you know it wouldn't uh -huh. have been pink and blue but those are all concepts that we have about gender and animals so don't have that it's kind of this beautiful they just are like this is who i am and i'm you know i'm happy to be here Mm -hmm. And I love that. And teenagers now with all the new vocabulary and trans and cis and skilio, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and animals just don't Undefined. look the world like that. And they don't need yeah. to, really. Yeah. Like, what, yeah, what would a trans dog do? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not... If, if that sounded condescending to anybody, no, I'm, I'm not saying it because we we live in a different world right. than they do. But it's just there, yeah. That the whole things that concept, are important to us. that whole well, at all. I mean, they don't get dressed, so right. there's nothing about what you dress in. Well, there's nothing about their identity is just themselves. I think we talked about and this so, on the Ashley Madison cast because I was talking about uh -huh. fidelity and monogamy and uh, as a choice, you know, and that how as humans mm -hmm. we make choices every day that separate us from from our animal nature, including putting clothes on. Like the, when people say like monogamy is unnatural, um, mm -hmm. you know, and use that, I'm like, well, so are fucking wearing clothes, you know? So is getting your hair cut. So is, you know, <laughs> these are, these and, are things that and, are. And, and I'll go beyond that and say, what part of you is not nature? I mean, maybe you have some fillings, I don't know, or something, <laughs> but otherwise, Everything in there is nature. So when anyone says anything you've done isn't natural, that's like saying it wasn't natural for Sherelle to lift her leg. No, it's she's nature. So right. are you. We. This is what we get separated from. We forget this is nature. This microphone in front of me is right. as it's much made a, of as, materials. It's much as a beaver's dam it, or a spider web is nature. It's manufactured in that way, but it's. This is it. It's like it's not from somewhere else. It's Harry Potter didn't do Conjure. Petronius and gets. You know, <laughs> it's like it's real. It's here. We we get separated from that. So anyone saying you know you being monogamous isn't natural. It's like, well, 
if that's this is your natural what, choice or your choice. It, it, it's, it, if you've done it, it's natural. Right. It's it's like this whole goofy mindset that we lose ourselves in. Again, a great reason to have a dog in your house to look and say, wait a minute. Why do I think I'm different from you right. in this way? Moving on. So there's just a couple of more things I want to touch on as, as we this wrap up. Um <laughs> relationships the impact of of having an animal and trying to start a relationship do we have to find partners who are going to accept our animals like i'm personally i've had my own feelings about people who are like well i gotta get rid of my animal because my partner doesn't like it it's one thing i think maybe if it's allergies but if it's just sort of like... If the animal attacks somebody, you know, I've known people who had a baby and the, their cat attacked the baby. The cat was gone that day and it's like, I get that. Yeah. So you know, safety it, issues. Yeah. And I, you know, and you you hope for the best. You you know, maybe get a good home or something, but say, I can't deal with this. But I'm a big fan of, of John Gray's argument that when asked... And for listeners, this is the guy who did the uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus books. He gets asked, do we go with opposites attract or do we go with like shall make with like? You know, what's what argument? And he said, it doesn't matter. They're all interesting, whatever, except when it comes to values. And it's terribly important that if you're going to not, I'm not dating, date anybody, but, but, uh, but in terms of a, a marriage, a, a committed relationship, you want to have the same values, especially if you're thinking of having kids, because you're going to fight like uh, cats and dogs to, <laughs> to, if you don't. And couples that I've known, I'll say my, my parents are a wonderful example of this. They really, really, really have such a similar value system that as a kid... Of course, you'll go through that thing and say, your value system stinks. You're terrible. But as a kid, you might sit there and say, ooh, you know, I hate your value system. You, you guys are so wrong. But at the same time, you've created a home. You've created a world for those kids to grow up in that has that value system. And it's wonderful. So that would be my biggest concern with this. If, you know, you had your three cats, this guy met you. And if he was somebody who said, I'm not going to live in a house with three cats. That probably is a sign that you weren't a great pair. Right. It tells you something about them. Yeah. It's information. And, and it's information. It doesn't make him bad. No, absolutely uh, not. I, I have dear friends who would never own a dog. I have dear friends, but uh, dear friends who never want a kid. I have dear friends who never want whatever. And they're not, there's nothing bad about them, but they may not be the right mate for you. I talk in the book about stupidly trying to hold on to relationships with women who had issues with Sherelle because there was no way in the world I was going to get rid of that dog. I loved that dog more than anything in the world. And I was more than happy to create a relationship with them where they got first priority. But that's very different from saying I'm going to get rid of the dog. I love my dog as much as I love you. You may think my dog will always come through. All he asks from me is the food to give him strength. It particularly touched a nerve because when I was 13, our dog was given away. And that's 
a rough moment to have that as right. a kid. How powerless. It's it, it just awful, and I don't want to relive that. Oh, I'm just thinking yeah. that, you know, being a yeah. teenager at 13 is such a delicate age anyway. Oh, so you yeah. said child, but I was thinking, God, teenage stage oh, yeah. anyway. Yeah. And then for that to, that's like the one thing that can bring you, you know, yeah, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was terrible. There's no vil- villains in the story. It yeah. just, it just was an awful experience. I've been that through that and I'm not. And so if somebody was saying, and, and here's maybe the stronger thing I would say with it. If they get you to get rid of the pet one day, what are they going to ask for tomorrow? Right. Absolutely. You know, maybe you want to have a kid and they've promised they'd love to have a kid. And then they say, you know, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and actually, let's get rid of the kid. No, I'm just let's kidding. Get rid of the kid or, yeah. or we'll send, send the kid or off to I boarding school or, yep. Yep. or no, I just don't want a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a kid. Red flag. Yeah. Tie in my tubes. You know, whatever. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> no, you know, it's, so it's, it's a very good indicator in a lot of ways. I just want to share a few things that, few things that I picked up from the research. Go Jenny. Go Jenny. Mustangs. Mouth research. Going to what you're saying, animals traditionally for kids are are their confessors. A lot of times people, especially in our profession, who when kids aren't going to therapy or even if they do, it's like who who do you talk to? You know, oh, they don't oh. talk to their parents, they don't talk to their friends, they talk to their pets. When and I was a teenager, that's all I did was talk to Wesley, God bless him, he's in heaven, doggy heaven. <laughs> Which is another thing where they go, and if you believe in doggy heaven, and some people, I mean, I've, bridge, people how talk about. many sessions have I had where little kids miss their doggies and make little books and really make beautiful doggy heavens. What does it look like? And I mean, just, you know, a lot of grief and loss stuff, but in teenagehood, which again, in my life was a very, very hard, painful time. And so often I would sit on the kitchen floor with my beautiful caramel colored Wesley, beautiful um, uh, Spaniel who I would just sob and cry and I would be very depressed. And I swear Wesley had tears in his eyes Mm -hmm. and I just knew. And I said to him when it was about two o'clock in the morning, Wesley, if you want to talk, just say something. It's okay. <laughs> oh, that's great. Just that's say great. something because I know you do. And he just looked at me and I swear he just, he just was the only person at that time in my whole life, person, doggy, yeah. whatever, soul, yeah, soul that got creature. me. Nobody else at that time in my life pulled me through than Wesley. Wesley was there for me. Yeah. Well, and a couple of good therapists and, <laughs> <laughs> and a good black mohawk, but that's another story. But that's the thing, too, is that you know, when people, um, and thank you for that, because it leads us right into the idea of ritual and ritual, especially through loss and the loss of a pet. And we could do a whole show on, on grief and loss of animals because mm. we all see it in our practices. Yeah. Animals, they're there every day, you know, in, in a, such a consistent way that I, I, other than, you know, my husband, I, I don't see anybody more than I see my dog or that I saw my cats. They were there. They were there when you wake up in the morning. They're there when you go to bed. They're there. You know, they're just there. They're listening they're to you. they're so there. Yes. That's the other thing. That <laughs> they, presence is so They get you strong. like a lot of people don't. The, the, and they're that, so happy to see you. They're happy to like, see you, but it's just, they're, but they're, if, if they're sleeping in the corner of the room, they're really sleeping. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just there's something about they're so complete. Their energy is so 
uh, strong with whatever they're doing so that in a way having a human in the house is is going to affect different parts of your brain just to that animal whose presence is just that energetic presence it's a different energy it's so strong people let me tell you about my best friend he's a warm-hearted person who loved me till the end people let me tell you about my best friend he's a one boy you can understand how a lot of single people really especially if they have a little social anxiety or they're very depressed or anxious or whatever it's not even to be you know if they have avoidant stuff going on or uh some mood disorder stuff or whatever it is um you know you can see how people can get complacent and just stay with just having a couple animals and not want to deal on another level with people you know, that it kind of makes them feel safe or doesn't, if it fills your soul that way, you can kind of understand it, it, and the, just for the average person too, not somebody who's just struggling with mental health issues, but you know, that you have a, you have to have a good reason to kind of get out in the world and, and, and connect with human beings. Well, in my lowest moments, and, and I, I, I know I've talked to you about this personally and I talked to Doug about it in an email is just like in the lowest moments of my life, you know, when I didn't want to get out of bed, it's like, but damn it, I got to get up and clean that shit box. I got to get up and make <laughs> give them fresh water. I got to get up and take Suki out, you know, I, I'm responsible to something else and, and it connects to psychologically we know like altruism and caretaking for others you know putting others above yourself at times when it, it, it's easier to be and this is going to sound very judgmental and i don't mean it to be but self-indulgent you know when we want to indulge those negative feelings and that we're having and while there's a degree to which i always feel like we need to like I, mm -hmm. i'm i'm a big sure. advocate for <laughs> what gets repressed gets expressed so like get it out in some kind of way you know allow yourself that but at the same time to kind of put something else in somebody else or a creature's needs above your own and it's constant. I think that's such a gift and it can be a pain in the ass and maybe in the moment it's like, oh God, but you know what? They got me up and they got me moving and I remembered something else, a connection that's more constant than the loss of somebody I loved or the disappointment of not getting a job I wanted or, you know, or the confusion of what the next thing was I was going to do with my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I also add into, we talked about cats and dogs and horses and turtles and, uh, <laughs> you know, I just want to do a shout out for the little goldfish that we grew <laughs> up with. Did you, oh, I don't know goldfish. if anybody had any oh. fishes growing up. But I had a hermit crab. I, I have them in my office now. Oh, I oh love you have them in your office. Yeah. They say fish are really like therapeutic to have around. They're, they're great. They're great. But I'm a fish killer. I am. I, my I'm a son is so. I, I, I can't I, keep them alive. I, I will recommend the store to you because I killed more fish than Mrs. Paul. And then do you, do you have <laughs> to go I, through I, the grief and loss of like, <laughs> like whatever that triggers for the pain, like your clients? I mean, I would imagine. You know, if there's yeah, a fish there one day. Well, probably then... more annoyance with me. Less, less grief and loss than, you know, God, why, should, why should I trust you? You can't even keep oh, goldfish alive. <laughs> I know. And so oh, I wouldn't God. do a thing of like trying to replace one really quickly before the next bunch came in and hope they couldn't, you know. Can't tell the difference. And they say goldfish have no memory. I guess their lives are much like mine. In the little plastic castle. 
is a surprise every time And it's hard to say if they're happy But they don't seem much to mind See, yeah, and gerbils but, and guinea pigs and mice, all of which I had growing up. Uh-huh. And like I hamsters, had, I had hamsters. We had to stop getting them though, because one of our cats were like one of them was like the reverse Harry Houdini of habit trails. Could get in at any of them, and just like oh, we'd find piles of dead hamsters. Not they had not been. Oh my gosh! But they they were dead from heart attacks from shock. They're like. Oh. Just, oh, you can't see me. I'm just making a face. This <laughs> shocked face, you know. But because it, it really just, good. It was it a was, shocked hamster face. You should have seen hamster. it. It's amazing. <laughs> but it was just all about that. The it was all about the sport of it. Like I gotta get into that thing. I was yeah. like, okay, no more, no more for the the cats. But yeah, there's, I mean, you know, it doesn't just all come down to cats or dogs, although 65% of U.S. households have pets, and 42% of those have more than one. It's estimated up to 80 million dogs are owned, and 100 million cats, and those are just pets. Of course, I know a lot of cat owners who would say no. They no are. cats are owned. They own <laughs> that's you. A, that's 50 million people are owned by their cats. Yeah. Very, very true. So wonderfully, 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 wonderfully pretty. And in shelters, again, um, there's people relinquish them the highest amount due to living circumstances, but there's also money, allergies, the time that it takes. These are all things to consider if you're getting an animal. Or Did you point to me because I'm allergic to cats? Yes, oh. actually, yeah, because I know Wendy's allergic. And so that's it. I was uh, eight years old, and we were at my uh, nanny. She was French nanny growing up, and it was the first time sleeping over. And we were not a cat uh, family, just dogs. And my sister, brother, and I have awful allergies around cats. So we go to Paulette's house, um, and we're sleeping, and all of a sudden, something jumps on my head. I thought it was a fucking bat, excuse my French. And it starts purring on my head. And I was sweating, my heart was racing, and I was so scared, I didn't move until morning, and then it jumped off my head. And nobody told me, we didn't know about cats, I didn't understand cats, I didn't get, nobody, nothing. And then we wake up and we're itchy and we're sneezing and we're coughing and that was my introduction to cats. You know, my my son loves cats, and so I take him to cat shelters, and they are, every one of them has different personalities, and it's like creeping me out a little bit and it's and I get jealous like wait a minute that white cat thinks that he's like owning my kid and then then why is he so warm with her and then you know he's not really nice with me unless I give him a burger no but I'm just saying you know it's an interesting thing like how 
we meet the kind of animals that come in and out of our lives and um, yeah. And I'm, I, I wish I were a cat person, but anyway, so you pointed to me and I'm off. If a client has a cat and then, you know, I'll start sneezing, I'll definitely understand, you know, that they, I mean, that, you know. As an adult, uh, after a particularly long and painful breakup, like an on again, off again thing, my first pet as an adult was to get a cat because my ex was terribly allergic to the point of being asthmatic and I knew that if I got and I also started smoking again I knew that if I started smoking and got that cat there was like very little chance that I would let that person back in it was like kind nice. of a preventative isn't, measure of myself. isn't that amazing smoking for self-care <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> so also some of the advantages of pet ownership we've, we've we've touched upon you know they socialize us they promote empathy and responsibility and there's studies that show that the, the health benefits, they lower blood pressure. Um, and raise it at times. And raise, yeah, <laughs> like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. Release hormones. But yes, right. that they, they lower cortisol and norepinephrine and they raise serotonin and dopamine, you know, the the dopest of means, folks. Uh, all of the, the cuddle drugs, right? That That's uh, all in there. People who own dogs in particular are less likely to be obese. You know, we get a exercise, except for people who just have like little dog, uh, purse dogs, I'm sure. They connect us to nature, as Doug talked about. They believe they help us lower cholesterol and tri triglycerides. That's because they eat the food off your plate. <laughs> <laughs> they eat the bad shit for you. They, that's, that's what they like the best. So, oh that that cheeseburger's gone, but the salad, you can keep the salad top. It's fine. And we've seen them in work with uh, autistic kids. Animals are, animals can yeah. connect with challenged individuals. Of all, I mean, I had selective mute kids who, you know, respond to animals. You hear them talking to an animal. They can't talk mm -hmm. to a person, but they'll talk to an animal. Fascinating. Won't make eye contact with people, but are so focused in on, on, a, yeah. on an animal. And it's really quite beautiful. National Geographic has some specials genius dog and genius cats that i totally recommend mm. like finally you can find them on youtube and online and there's one story about this dog that kept reacting strangely suddenly to the owner and, and she didn't know what it was and she goes to the doctor and they find out she's got cancer in this area that this dog oh kept kind gosh. of going and like sniffing at and like kind oh. of like walking away like they sense things definitely you talked about that too with the uh, Sherelle that you thought that the one that one dog attacked Sherelle that the other dog might have had a sense of Sherelle's sickness Th that she had cancer at the time yeah yeah. Because it was so eerie and bizarre, and the owners said that dog had never attacked another dog, ever. Yeah, it was very bizarre. There's all these studies that are showing that yeah. they can sense cancer, that dogs mm -hmm. can... They're actually training them to do this yeah. now. And as you say, even even the location of it, which is really astounding. Yeah, it's just, it's astounding. again, based on smells, too, I'm sure, some of it as well. Like, the senses that we're so far removed from and maybe never evolution-wise had... So as much as they might be dependent on us, maybe we're dependent on them in ways that we don't Sure. Know. Let's go into the Dr. Wendy Dream Journal exercises as we Oh, cool. I love these. Yes. These are great. These are really great. I love them. Dr. Wendy's Dream Journal. Okay, so, so Wendy, would you like to introduce the Dream Journal? Yes, yeah, so our Dream Journal is all about our thoughts, our feelings, our hopes, our dreams, our you know just anything to write your feelings down that help us to get out of our heads and into filling our souls 
and letters and ideas and sketches and uh, collages, whatever it is, just a safe place, one continuous place that you can have that uh, really honors your, your dreams. Go, Doug. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm supposed to say here. What okay, well, okay, okay, so, so, everything so you just said was beautiful. I think right. it's yeah. great to have a journal like that, you, but Sherelle yeah. never wrote anything down. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so yeah, so we always like to include this dream journal exercise. Mm -hmm. uh, so get out your pens, people. On page 101 in your book, you talk <laughs> about writing down a list of 10 things you might, I'm, I'm quoting your book, write down a list of 10 things you'd most like to change about yourself. Then let your mind go to the thing you love most to right. see how it deals with this concept. Yes. The point of it was that I was saying what I was doing in the book is not... I'm not saying to everybody you have to live like a dog. That There's no reason to want to if that's not you. What I figured out was that the deal is I loved her so much. I just thought she was so amazing. And that if anybody thinks about... Thing they love the most. I'm going to say not your parents, your siblings, your kids, because that's such a complicated love. But the outside of that, if you, if you love flowers, say, what is it about a rose that is so perfect? Then write down the things about yourself you'd like to change. And my guess is you can use that rose as a role model and say, I'm, I get into bad relationships and it makes me shut down because I get into bad things. Well, what if you say, you know what? I'm going to let myself flower and my most vulnerable parts be out there, but I'm going to have thorns. So if anybody gets too close with bad intention, they're going to get scared off. That's a great idea. There's one from a rose. There is a rose in Spanish I, I'm, I'm making these up right, right now. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, yeah. I uh, feel like I always have to be on. Nah, bloom for a while, then retreat, be a bud, be a, be a whatever, what is it called? The bulb? The, hip, the hips, I guess. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, yeah bulb. The hip. bulb, the hips. Yeah, there's all. Yeah. Um, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always giving. Well, maybe you need to put out more of your green leaves to absorb more chlorophyll before you put out your beautiful thing. do it with anything just for me it was this knucklehead mm -hmm. and I did it a lot <laughs> as you know <laughs> yeah definitely it's like the happy place too I always think about you know what, uh -huh. if I'm if I'm going into surgery or, or having <laughs> dental work done or something that's unpleasant like I was going to my happy place just watching my dog run across a green expanse with this orange ball in her mouth coming running and I've got video of it and I have actual video of it but I can close my eyes and see it and it just kind of brings me back so 
you know, those kinds of things. But also in what you're talking about, experiencing, like, what does the dog feel like in that moment? What is it about that animal, too, that I can relate to, that I can learn from, that I can be more like? Yeah, there, there, there's a, a point in the book when um, I'm going through a very tough relationship thing, and I take her to the beach. At this point, she's maybe nine months old or probably a little less than that. And she freaks. She'd never been at a beach before and is running. And she's chasing birds. She knows she's not going to catch a bird. It doesn't matter. Yeah. She's just going running like crazy and in such ecstasy. And I realized that there's this thing about love that can that you can get to where she's so happy and I love her so much that I'm actually happier than she is seeing her that happy. I could mm. never be that happy for myself. And it's like, that's great. And boy, was it what I needed at that time. Mm. And just, I'm thinking, this is exactly it. Like you're going into this scary thing and it isn't, sure you love your dog playing with you, but I think even more, it's like, I'm going to relate to how happy that dog is and that's gonna raise my mood to an enormous degree. Totally. And also the envy, the envy of risking and jumping and, you know, just being brave and courageous enough, like you said, to be running after something that, you know, she's not even going to get, but that you're watching that, you know, how often do we envy wow. that in other people to risk and to jump and to, don't we just want to run? And and, and, and if you, you ask know. her, she'd say, risking what? I'm yeah. just having fun. I'm not risking anything. Yeah. I've been wanting to do this all for the last six months and you've been keeping oh. me locked in the backyard, you jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or <laughs> if it's the first and... time to like see the ocean and the beach, it's like, what yeah. is this? Exactly. Like, oh my God. like seeing things, it's like seeing having a kid and seeing yeah. the world yeah. through their oh. eyes, seeing yeah. it through an animal's eyes or a child's eyes. And yeah. one of the things I thought you could also do was write a letter to your pet, you know, old, new, present, future. We talk <laughs> about this as you could do that to somebody you're having a relationship with, but Especially at grief and loss time when you miss them and you've lost them. I mean, anytime you can write it, but especially... Right, acknowledging, thanking them for what they've taught you, being clear about that, right? And apologizing for unresolved business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely had some of that in the book. And it's, yeah, and it's easier to forgive yourself, too, finding a way. Because, Mm -hmm. again, animals forgive. They really do. Imagine a scene from your animal's life and how they how they look at you and can you put yourself in their shoes? Like really putting yourself in another person's shoes and, and imagining what they're seeing from their vantage point and, and how how they're witnessing you in your life and the relationship that you have with them. And again, I'll throw in the, the shame issue because if, if I try to picture how you're viewing me, I'm going to say, oh, I, I don't look that good today because I was up. <laughs> late celebrating about the baseball game and I, I know that's how she's seeing me but given that the dog looks at us through these pretty idealizing eyes it's like what do I look like to, yeah. to him or her that's an amazing concept You're a rock not, star. it's not the way right. I look at myself like and why do we not choose to look at ourselves like our pets look at us and we and, and choose to as if TMZ is looking at us Right, like, <laughs> saying, and what are you wearing? Right. And can I also say, so with all the years of therapy that I do with couples, 
the one thing I try so hard to encourage them to do is greetings. Greetings, 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 and salutations, mm. hellos and goodbyes, and they're the most difficult thing, even clients in the waiting room. And if we don't get eye contact from the clients, often it's because of technology and everything. And they'll go in the, the office, I'll walk them back out, and I'll say, I didn't get to see your beautiful eyes. Mm -hmm. I want to see your eyes. It's, you know, it's, it's important. And, and now all my clients are a little creepy when they give me the creepy eyes because they know. <laughs> <laughs> Am I doing it? Am hello. I doing it? This is a hello. And this is a goodbye no but you know it's it, it but it's important and it's warm and it's in it's it's saying i love you i waited for you where are you or i'm gonna miss you goodbye and and animals do that unconditionally they they know nothing else they they're selfish as hell in that if, if you think about picture you know the average family home you've come home from a long day at work you want to see your kids you want to see your husband there is no Forget that. That dog is up there. Like nope, nope, nope. I'm okay. gonna jump away and smell everything you've been yes, done today. I'm gonna love you. I love you. I'm so glad That's you're here. Right. I was worried I'm never gonna see you again. Then after that, oh yeah, you can see your family now. Oh, it's okay. great. They would they, they can't get their can, needs met. Although I can do say That's the most exciting thing in the world absolutely. is that you just walked in. And can you imagine if couples did that well, or children and they should, and that's the other thing too, and we can't remember which where it was I first read it, but it's when a couple reunites, you should always, like when somebody comes home, that greeting should be the first thing. Not the kids, not the pets. And it's really, really hard. We've had to, my, my husband and I luck. have to, yeah. Because yeah. Sookie will get up in there and she's like, no, 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 no. And it's like, I don't have to, I, why do I have to wait till mom comes from the back room? I need you now. I, and I the Sherelle song, Welcome say... Home Baby, yes. that song, <laughs> that song, yes. those lyrics, Very like, it's just no so much. Yeah. Like it, like how a dog's attitude. It's like you know, you left this morning and night. You know, it's like everything's fine. Do you remember? You left this morning and night with everything fine. Welcome home, baby. It's been. It's just like all about like how much he's missing him. I'm waiting for him to come home and just getting ready. Uh -huh. And it's like that to me is like how I, mean, I imagine it's funny. a dog. I've, ne I've is. never thought about that. That's that's the greeting, and the goodbye oh. is. But will you still love me tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Animal, Wendy, what kind of an animal would you be? Mm. We had a beautiful sheepdog, Sherman the sheepdog. God bless Sherman. Sherman was beautiful. He's again in doggy heaven. We have so many dogs in doggy heaven, but just the most loving, 
strong, a bit dopey. I'm not saying I'm dopey, but I, I'm, uh, he was fidgety. I'm a fidgety person. I think uh -huh. I would be a sheepdog. I would be just... I love sheepdogs. Just, had one named Falstaff. And was so... <laughs> when we would shave Sherman, if he got too naughty or whatever, we would shave him, and he'd be so shy and a bit insecure, oh, yeah, but like, like then learned how to, how to own it, and just, you know, he's just... Uh, Pure love, I would be Sherman the sheepdog. I have to say, again, for those listening, I'm not sure what animal I'd put you up, but she looks nothing like a sheepdog. No, no, if, no, if you're no. probably picturing her with shaggy hair that goes over her eyes. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> nope, not in the least. Sheepdog, for sure. You actually mm. look like a sexy meerkat to me. <laughs> but I'm not so, saying you might feel like a sheepdog. That's different. Like what you feel like and, and how we see ourselves and how other people. I think a sheepdog. What about you? Oh God! I, I, I so. that's right. I flipped it, lady. Uh, somebody once told me I looked like Scooby Doo. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We got some work to do now. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. I was when I was young, and it was very upsetting because of my big nose, my big features, or something. So I, I, I you know. I'm not quite no, sure. Wendy looks more like a sheepdog than you look like Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. I know. It's a very, it's a very, it's obviously stuck with me. That's so, yeah, weird. So I would be a cartoon dog. No, I, <laughs> yeah, I think externally I am, I'm a dog and internally I'm a cat. Which yes, is like, you mm. are. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. So, I mean, I think, so I think probably a a Tonkinese cat, which is the most dog-like of cats. They actually wow. play fetch and things like oh, that, wow. probably. And you, Doug? I have the faintest idea. You I, a golden I, retriever? Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a wonderful goal. and or, or something like Shirelle. But in terms of what I actually am like, I, I'd have to ask somebody else. It it's, again, goes back to that question. You know, how well do we see ourselves? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I truly, I truly, it'd be very hard to say, but I, I will say my, my resonance is more with dogs than anything else. I, I just love them and I, I, I feel like they're better versions in a lot of ways of us. I think that's a good place to end. And we really <laughs> encourage you to go out and get the teachings of Sherelle, Lessons from a Divine Knucklehead. And you it's a can wonderful, it wonderful book. Oh, it's beautiful. Yes. It's, it's well written. I mean, beautifully written. And, yeah. and um, Beautiful and, pictures of a beautiful book. Oh my gosh, the pictures are amazing. <laughs> and check out AskSherelle.com. Also, I want to encourage anybody who's getting a pet or thinking of getting a pet to chip your animal, get pet insurance when it's time, and yes. uh, those are important. You, Text us or text us. You can call us as always uh, at 310-712-1230. And you can find us on Twitter at Ask Dr. Wendy. Ask Dr. Wendy. And we can find Doug at DouglasGreenMFT.com. <laughs> he sees clients in West LA and Woodland Hills. He has a Twitter. Uh, he's got a Twitter, which is Doug Green Author. Uh, and he's got a Facebook page for Ask Sherelle and one for the teachings of Sherelle. Again, all of this will be in the show notes. So we do encourage you to go out and get it. And do you have any final words? Oh, for man, us? I should have thought of that before I did. <laughs> sure. I will throw in something that 
I had this day of watching Sherelle out, literally sitting out behind a gas station out in the middle of Arizona somewhere. And it was such a weird image. I started taking pictures. One of them is the front cover of the book. As you can see, and nobody would say that's a out behind an ugly gas station in Arizona. It's just beautiful, amazing image just of her sort of lit up from inside. And when I looked at it, this line came to me, relish each day, love thoughtlessly. If you're not in awe, you're just not paying attention. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Pretty much summed her up. <sighs> Well, thank you for being here with thank us. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was a blast. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And as always, we encourage you to live as authentically as you can possibly stand. And we'll ha. see you next time. We actually know what we're going to do. We're going to be talking to some people about how to age gracefully or if there are ways to age gracefully. <laughs> the challenges of aging gracefully. So you can write to us or text Happy New us. Year. Yeah. Happy New <laughs> Year. It's all coming up on the holidays. So thank you Great. again, Doug, for being thank here. You. Thank you. Thank you so can't much. Can't wait for your next book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your mouth, baby. From your mouth. <laughs> Everybody loves listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny, a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. Dr. Wendy O'Connor and Jenny J.B. Wilson see clients in private practice in Los Angeles, California, and can be found online at www.doctorwendyoconnor.com and www.jennijbwilson.com. For entertainment purposes only, 